Hey guys, and welcome back to The Outer Rim. I'm Gabe Green, and today with the help of a fellow Star Wars nut, we'll be talking about the latest episode of The Bad Batch. Um, and this week, I am joined by Michael Hoover from A Certain Point of View Podcast. What's up, man? Not much. How you doing, man? I'm doing all right. Uh, good to have you back. We had you back on uh, Mando Season 2, and now we are on The Bad Batch. Um, Great to be back, man. It's fun. Yeah, and uh, one quick thing. Um this uh the if you want to just listen to the audio of rather than watch the video for this review you can find all of that at the franchise fatigue podcast feed the audio for every episode review will be there i finally remembered to say that at the front rather than at the end um so uh this so this week uh we're gonna be talking about episode six which is a decommissioned this one was written by amanda rose munoz and uh and directed by uh, nathaniel villanueva and as far as some of the casting, Matthew Wood uh, pops back in to voice the battle droids, which is always welcome. And uh, Bridget Kelly and Elizabeth Rodriguez return uh, from the Clone Wars to voice Trace and Rafa Martez, respectively. Mm. Um, so in this one, the Bad Batch goes on another mission for Sid. This time they go to salvage a tactical droid's head from a battle droid rec reclamation site on Corellia. Uh, but the job is complicated by the interference of rival rival mercenaries and shenanigans ensue. Um, so, but before we talk about this episode specifically, uh, Michael, uh, let's talk about like what have your thoughts been so far in the first six episodes of this show? Dude, I love it. Um, this this show, I didn't have a whole lot of expectations for it to be honest with you. I really loved the first arc of season seven, the Bad Batch arc of the Clone Wars. Um, but I always thought it was like, it was just like a huge ball of fun. It's just like this wacky 80s and 90s action movie kind of a thing mm. where you have these really exaggerated uh, archetypes, you know, character archetypes and really fun. I enjoyed the whole thing. It was super fun for me. But I was like, when I heard about the announcement, I was like, how are they going to do a, an interesting show on these characters? I'm very interested in this. Um, but the from the very beginning it has been a really great ride for me i th i think it's been darker than i expected um mm -hmm. which is which is nice um i think i think they're going places i didn't see coming i think the the whole transition from the republic to the empire has been fascinating and i dude you know I, we're very similar in this way i i know that but like i really enjoy just having this sort of a formula where they have every week is a new star wars adventure mm -hmm. on a new place on a new planet and each week kind of brings the story along just a little bit but there's a lot of character growth through the whole thing as well i don't feel like this has been a bunch of filler episodes don't get me started on that um <laughs> but like i really i really love it man i think this is pretty much everything i expected or more than i expected to be honest it's 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 got a lot more depth i've loved seeing the growth of hunter um wrecker has mm -hmm. a really soft spot in my heart and i'm scared gabe <laughs> yeah I'm very scared gabe <laughs> yeah the storytelling philosophy with this show has been really interesting to where it, as you said it, it is pretty much adventure of the week but there is a really strong consistency to the way that the themes and character arcs are played out, like every single episode is mm -hmm. referencing some, the thing that happened in the episode before. Like there's like these very clear steps. So like it, it's kind of taking best of both worlds of the adventure of the week and the serialized character arcs and, and push, putting them together in a, a really interesting and engaging way. 
yeah. so for, for for me, like I, I, as I said before, I've I've really enjoyed the show. It's not it's not Rebels or Clone Wars level for for me yet, but it's no. still been very just very consistently enjoyable and engaging. And, and the, I find the, the the way the story is playing out to be just it's you can you can see they put a lot of thought and intelligence into mapping it out just because of how consistent the little you know, steps for characters are. Um, so for this episode in particular, uh, let's just get uh, Trace and Rafa out of the way. Um, so for, for me, I wasn't the biggest fan of them or their arc. Like I, I, I think it's, it's an important step for Ahsoka. Like I get what they're doing. I just thought like some of the writing for the characters wasn't that great and just very, very long. Um, very but, long. <laughs> and so when they first showed up, I was like, okay, cool. That person I know. Oh yeah, I didn't really like them that much. How, how's it gonna go? But and I thought they were they were really well used. Um, like they did they didn't annoy me, which is great. And uh, and I thought that they the, the way they worked in just from the the mercenary job angle to the the larger, but even more importantly, the larger Star Wars story and the the themes of Star Wars and the ideas that were happening in the um in that arc. I thought just like that, all of that was just really well woven together and and just very smart. I agree, man. I I think when the that arc of the Clone Wars was happening, I was like, "Is this gonna be over soon?" <laughs> <laughs> I know what's coming next, and I just want to get there. And they spent four episodes telling us really what like an episode and a half could have told us. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just very long. But I never hated the characters, though. I never I never yeah. got overly annoyed with them, other than when they made stupid mistakes, which is just character choices for me. I don't. I don't hate that. I didn't hate when Ahsoka did that early on in her, um, in her life either. Which, but. to an aside, I love that they've avoided doing that with Omega in this show. Like, agreed, one hundred percent. Yeah, one hundred percent. And but I really liked, uh, I really liked the use of Trace and Rafa in this episode. They were. It made sense for them to be there. It made sense for them to be after that same thing, especially when we find out that they have a contact who they're, you know, trying to get this information to. I thought that made a lot of sense. And I like seeing that they've kind of taken the side. It looks like they are kind of in the beginning stages of the rebellion kind mm-hmm. of a thing. And I like seeing that they took that side it makes a lot of sense for their characters. It shows that they've grown as well. Um, I thought they had a great rapport with the, with the crew. I like, I like it, dude. I thought they were great in it. Yeah. That whole antagonist, but Oh no, this is a greater threat. So we got to work together and, but we'll uh-huh. also try to pull one over on the other person. First chance we get like, it was really fun. And, the the setting of the the, uh, the 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 melt the melting factory and all of that just it's uh, factories are such a great location for action sequences just all the levels and you can jump to this and there's conveyor belts and there's giant pits <laughs> of lava like it, just the way they it's <laughs> yeah. a tiny location like yeah. we spend like 15 minutes there but just the way they use the, the setting and the characters bouncing off each other I found it really fun and engaging throughout. Um, yeah, so we're back to Corelli. That was really cool. We were seeing, uh, just I was recognizing some of the s- designs from Solo. Just that that always makes me happy. Yeah. Um, and just the, the world, from a world building perspective, you have the decommissioning site, which, like, yeah, you've got millions of battle droids lying around. You got it. And at, since they're at Corellia, which is a shipbuilding planet, like, are, the, are they <laughs> going to be future Star Destroyers or something? I, I don't know, man. Yeah. I, yeah. I, but I, I do love, I think you hit on something big there, though. I love the world building. I think that's one of the things this show is really doing great is is the world building. And mm-hmm. I think generally Dave Filoni is just really 
great at that. Like every everything that he's had his hands in so far has done such a good job with that. Um, and and I think the Bad Batch, like you said, it's not like I don't think it's up there with the Clone Wars or Rebels just yet. But I mean, neither one of those shows were good at like well. <laughs> Not great at the beginning. I thought Rebels was actually stronger at its very beginning than Clone Wars was, but um, personally. Yeah, but, and, yeah, and by now, both of those shows had a couple dud episodes, which uh, Bad Batch has not had so far. No duds. No duds. Um, yeah, and another great bit of world building is, like, the tactical droids. We need, like, now yes. that clones are the Imperial troops, there's a market for ways for, you know, the common people to defeat them. So now uh, that's just... I never thought about that, but and, and there was a, I was thinking like, are they gonna explore like the morality of the Bad Batch working as their fellow clones? That isn't really touched. But then again, if you, if you remember, they were always very much outsiders. Where like the they they call it the clone the regular clones they're regs and the the mm -hmm. clones call them they're defective. So I guess there's not a lot of a love loss between them. No, I mean even in the remember in that in the first episode. Uh, tech asks he's like let's just i can't remember the exact line but he was like let's find out let's let's ask somebody or whatever what's going on and he asks, and the the clone is like move move aside or whatever and, mm -hmm. and he's like oh seemed about the same to me <laughs> <laughs> like they've never been a part of the crew uh speaking of tech there was a gag i really loved um when they're uh when sid's giving them the job he's like so I assume you know what a tactical droid is, and he's like oh, holding it what? back. And he has to jump in. Like, yes, I do know. I do know. <laughs> I love that. I I really. I thought there were a couple of really great, of really great gags. I don't want to jump around too much. So I'll, I'll, uh, we'll cover it. I'm sure we'll cover it later. But I really like the tech one. Um, he really seems that it was really funny because. I guess in that moment, Sid was kind of doing for the episode what Tech usually does, uh, like the exposition, and Tech wanted to come in and do his exposition, and he couldn't do it. This is my so briefing, Goggles. <laughs> so good. Allow me to decide for you. You're in. <laughs> she, I, 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 I was hoping she'd become a recurring character, and I, I really like what she's doing so far. Same. Um, let's see. So yeah, they're, uh, they go on the mission, and obviously we meet trace and rafa and it's a, it's mostly a lot of back and forth um a lot of action so there's not a whole lot specifically to talk about uh the, but there are just some great little moments and some scary moments so wrecker bangs his head again and am i a terrible person because i laughed out loud <laughs> yes you're again. terrible <laughs> it's, it's oh. just it's it's becoming a real like Yes, I, I'm actually it's genuinely terrifying the thought of Wrecker, you know, going giving into the the Order sixty six programming. But I don't know the way he reacts to Peg is kind of funny. <laughs> Dude, he hits his head like every episode. I swear. And like, yeah, they've had that. They've been they've been slow burning the headache thing, and they finally actually had you know the good soldiers. Oh line, my god! And it it's coming, and I'm not ready. And the, just don't hurt Omega. Dude, I'm I'm so not ready for this. Wrecker has taken a surprisingly large place in my heart. I mm -hmm. I love him so much. I honestly I loved him in the in the Clone Wars when he's bench pressing a <laughs> a gonk droid. Um, I, I love to continue that, that gag. Yeah, he's done it multiple mm -hmm. times this season already. I love it so much. But like, I'd always just thought he was ridiculous fun. But like now he's Uncle Wrecker, and now he's like he now he will 
consistently conquer his, you know, or well, he he'll set aside his fear of heights repeatedly for the people that he loves because he knows he's got a job to do. And if he doesn't, everyone's screwed. So he consistently does that. I love that. And I like that they didn't even make a big deal of it. If, if, if you've seen The Bad Batch, you remember, oh, yeah, he's scared of heights. You know. And so yep. it's, it's there, but they don't, like, stop. Oh, yes. Like, they don't have text. Like, oh, yes, Wrecker must have overcome his fear of heights or something. Uh, that would have been actually really funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, I think maybe the best joke so far in this show is, you know, where, where Trace is like, we need a diversion. Raph's like, we need a diversion. Is there an echo in here? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I I laughed out loud both times like I watched this episode. I did too. And it's like and they start with one classic joke with the repeating and then they go to another classic joke with it. It's just it was that, so good. That was the other that was the other gag that I was talking about. I was <laughs> I laughed. I I did too. I watched it twice. I laughed both times out loud. It is I don't I don't know why that was so funny for me. Um yeah, I I agree. It's it is great. It was really great. Uh, yeah, and so they they pro they program all the droids, and I love hearing Matthew Wood. Like the journey I've gone on from like hating the droids back when I first started watching, you know, the Clone Wars to now every time I see them you know, in Rebels or Resistance, like oh come on, I want to give you a hug. It's so sweet. Yep. Yeah, I agree, dude. That was one of the things when I first started watching the Clone Wars. I was like, why, why? <laughs> Why are they doing this? It's even worse than in the prequels or whatever. But eventually, they, I, I don't know if it's just like the writing for them has gotten better. I feel like their jokes are funnier than they used to be. Or maybe mm -hmm. it's just me. Like, maybe I just like them now. <laughs> I can't really tell. Nostalgia is a powerful drug. It, it really is. <laughs> um, and uh, Omega's Omega's got some great stuff in this episode. I I like. I thought the bow, the bow was really cool from the previous episode, but actually seeing the inner workings of how it like folds out when you pull it, and mm -hmm. the sound design, the, like the way her little uh, her noodle arms, according to to Sid, yep. the way the way they're like quivering, like you could you they you feel the power in the sound yeah. design and the shaking, and like it's a really cool looking design. And just everything about it, I I like. I, I want to see her use that more. Yeah, I. I thought about it today when I was watching, I was like, I thought we were kind of like, I don't know. At some point you'd think star Wars would run out of cool weapon ideas, but like mm. we've never had this really cool bow and arrow idea in star Wars. And I love that we're getting to kind of see something so different. Yeah. The, the, the nice sisters had some, have a kind of an energy bow thing going, but mm. the, the way oh, this, yeah, right. the way this one kind of like collapses and it folds out, like one of the, uh, I guess one of the energy guns from like halo five or something, Oh yeah, really cool. Um, <laughs> and I, I love the way Echo is training her, um, where he's like, "Like I hit it three times, like yeah, out of twelve, <laughs> that's not skill, that's luck." Um, <laughs> and he's just such a great mentor. Like, like good job. Now do it twenty more times. Like he's kind and encouraging, but he won't take any excuses. Like it's it's just it's a really sweet thing to see. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I like, I like what they're doing with Echo for the past couple of weeks. I feel like they've given him some more to do. And I thought by far Echo was the most interesting um, and emotionally resonant part of the Clone Wars arc with them in it mm -hmm. and his, him joining the crew. I loved it so much. And so seeing him, I, I really like seeing he's, he's definitely more like a traditional clone because he's, I mean, he, that's he is a reg. Mm -hmm. And so seeing him, train omega like i imagine 
probably the others didn't have to quite train as much because they are special. They're specially made in these, you know, for these gifts. Mm. Uh, but like to see, to see, um, um, I'm sorry, to see Echo being the one to train Omega with the bow and arrow. And I, I really liked, I really kind of related to him too, as a music teacher. It's like, <laughs> it's, it's, I, I was, I, when she was like, I, I hit it three times. He was like out of 12. <laughs> That's luck. It's, it's about consistency. I've said, I basically have said that before <laughs> in yeah. lessons essentially. So I, I really related to Echo for that. I really, I love Echo so much. It's great. Mm -hmm. And Omega is just continues to be adorable. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> like her, her little standoff with Rafa is like, don't just stand there, grab a weapon. I had one. <laughs> <laughs> or, uh, she, she brought the sass this week, dude. Yeah, she really like a, did. You know, the, there's a second person after the tactical droid, but don't worry, I'm in pursuit. <laughs> <laughs> She's just so cute. Yeah, uh, I agree. I agree. I'm so glad, like you said, I'm so glad they had avoided that trope of making the kid annoying at the beginning you know i i mm -hmm. think ahsoka had a reason i think dave dave did a good job of writing her because she was annoying for a reason it showed a lot of growth throughout the entire show but you don't have to do that with every kid character and i'm glad yeah. that omega is just like she's naive but she's mm -hmm. but she but she's also like very intelligent and and also very brave and i think we've seen all of that in in the show so far yeah, we get our like very own Toy Story three ending type thing happening, and uh. so glad you said that. <laughs> like, I, I have a phobia of being burned alive in molten steel, so like it doesn't take a lot to get me nervous in this kind of circumstance. Uh, Dude, it really was like Toy Story three. That's a great call. Uh, yeah. Um, so that's I think the the big thing I want to talk about this episode is I love that this. Just having Trace and Rafa come in and the way they come in is kind of is building up the legacy of Ahsoka and the way in in that arc in the Clone Wars season seven, where she was doing a lot of soul searching and kind of going on this journey of self-discovery. Like she didn't know what she was doing, mm -hmm. but even then she's influencing these other people and to become you know, better and and just <laughs> just seeing Rafa now telling off hunter like you took a job and you didn't know where, where the thing was going what's wrong with you after where she was and you know when we met her is it, like it's really rich but it, it it's it's good like we see like these and it reminds me of the you know, that, that the, the quote from lord of the rings i think it's from uh gandalf at least in the hobbit movies it's from gandalf maybe it's, i don't remember who says it in the books but you know i find it, it's you know, the small acts of courage and kindness that keep the darkness at bay and like that, like this, this, this one little step in Ahsoka's journey changed the lives of these two sisters, who are now passing that on to the Bad Batch, and you know, making them think like, what are we doing when we're being mercenaries? Like, are we making the world better? Are we making it worse? Like, they're they're having to think about, you know, their impact on the world in the way they never did. He says, you know, things were clear when we we're just soldiers. We just they pointed us, we did it. But now we have to make the choices. And now we also have to think about how are these choices going to affect the world? Are we going to make it better? Are we going to make it worse? Are we going to hurt people? And which is, which is something I've been thinking about because like in the uh, episode uh, Cornered where they, they, they just scam the um, the shopkeeper, like you just stole a lot of money from like, uh, and you, you kind of like you, I've been wondering like, is this show going to reckon with their impact and the things they do and the choices they make? And I, I, I'm glad that it's, it's being, 
I think more thoughtful than a lot of like these shows where you have, oh, it's fun mercenary stuff. And yes, we're doing terrible things and hurting people, but hey, isn't it cool? Um, like this show is really reckoning with that. Um, but, 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 yeah. b- but bigger than that, I love just the intertextuality of the way the Star Wars universe works, where this one action in a different show from, from a different character is now affecting these characters. It reminded me of in, in the rise of Skywalker where, um, where Ray, she heals the sand snake and BB-8 sees that, and then he powers up Dio, and then you know Ray gives him the oil, and that leads to to Dio giving them the information they need. Like, it's just the tiny acts of kindness yeah. that have these huge ramifications that you never would think about or expect. Um, it's like it's the Bad Batch, but they're they're playing into the larger the themes and ideas that are all of Star Wars. I, I love this is what like franchise storytelling can do to where like every little piece is. It might seem insignificant, but it's building up the, just the entire philosophy of what Star Wars is and what it means. Um, like every little piece is important in this kind of franchise storytelling. I, I just love that. I, dude, I love that point. That's such a great point. And I mean, if you if you look at it, like uh, the big theme I took away from this episode was choice. There were multiple points at it during the show where it was they they're going out of their way to show us that um the that this group of clones they're used to just following orders and doing what they're told and and it's very clear what they're supposed to do because they're they're they were told to even at the very beginning with Sidge, she was like yeah i know because i just <laughs> told you to do it and then like i mean i have written down several things wrecker wrecker having his chip slowly being uh you know activated He's slowly, his kind of ability to have choice is being taken away Mm. very slowly. And it's like breaking my heart. And Rafa saying, in the end, we all choose sides. Hunter choosing to give the information to Trace and Rafa rather than following uh, their own directive and keeping it. Mm -hmm. The Clanker saying, orders are orders. And like all of these, there's so many just things that they're just kind of throwing in there. And like you said, Hunter was like, to be honest, things were clearer when we were just soldiers. And I I love seeing them wrestle with like, we have choices to make. The, our choices affect those around us. And, and now we have, by the way, a kid with us and our choices definitely affect her Mm -hmm. and, and, and where she's going. And I'm very curious to see where they're taking this show. I feel like we're, I keep having this, I, I could be wrong at the end of the show. I don't know, but I keep having this sense of when I'm watching it, I have this sinking feeling that these are the fun episodes of the show. <laughs> and I, I just feel like we're in for some super dark stuff coming up. And I, I just don't know how ready for it I am. Man. Yeah, The end of this episode seems to be hinting at major developments. Um, yeah, so that's yeah. a good, good t- time to talk about that. Who do you think she called? So I thought it was the easy answer would be Ahsoka at first, mm-hmm. but when I rewatched it, I realized that she says patch him through. Mm. And I don't know if that's just a, I don't know if, I don't know, maybe I misheard it, but I, I definitely heard patch him through. Um, and so that kind of leaves me to think it's either um, a Bail Organa could be, I know he's very involved with the beginning of the rebellion um, or Rex, I think they kind of built it in a way that makes you question, like, is she like ratting them out to somebody, or is she 
just telling someone who would be interested genuinely. And I think Rex makes a ton of sense for that. And we know he's coming up at some point. We've seen him in the trailer. And so, oh, wait, like, we have? Oh, yeah, dude. There's totally Rex in the trailer. Oh, I missed that. <laughs> Whoopsie. Sorry. <laughs> well, I well, I mean, I, I've, I've assumed he was coming back because they kind of teased him in you know, Cut and Run. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. The, so the, yeah. I, I also thought Ahsoka at first, but like according to the book, Ahsoka, like, I think she lays low for a, a couple of years. Um, well, we're seeing what they do with that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I like when they, like, I, I've so far, it's been some pretty minor changes. Um, but I feel like, like that, 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 that was a big part of her journey as a character. Mm-hmm. So, like, I kind of hope they don't retcon all of that. Um, but yeah, then. You said it's a he. There's obviously Belagana. You know, he pretty much created the Rebel Alliance um, right. or Rex. One thing that I I, I I didn't notice it, but they pointed it out on the uh, Force Center podcast where the droid, the little protocol droid R seven, that I think was Ahsoka's droid, and it was with her. It was with her and Rex in the end of the Clone Wars season seven. It got shot and destroyed. However. At the end, where they're standing in front of all the clone graves, they have him like all the pieces of him piled up under the under the wing of the Y wing they flew down, like they gathered him together and they're bringing him along. So that 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 would that would kind of lean toward the Rex thing, like he rebuilt him, and him and you know him and Trace and Raph are working together. Um, yeah, that makes a lot of sense, man. Only. <laughs> Only the Force Center guy would notice <laughs> that. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, they, they they did make a big deal of the droid. Um, like when she, they come in, he's sitting, he's like in the foreground. They pat him. Like so, I was like, who's that droid? Do we know him? But yeah, like piecing it back to oh that that pile of scrap metal wow. at the end. Um, yeah. So it, it's. Oh, I, I wish I was that observant. <laughs> me too. Like I, I know, I'm, I'm thinking about story and stuff. Like, I can't, I can't pay attention <laughs> yeah. to, but can't pay attention to all that. Um. <laughs> Yeah, so that was a decommission. Anything else you want to mention before we close out? I, dude, I think as the the big thing I really wanted to talk about was the was that theme of choice. Um, I think that's like the that that is the biggest thing. I think there's been an element of that in each episode so far. If I go back and think about it, and I I love and I just as to close out or whatever. I'm really loving that each. I feel like each episode, even though it's, you know, we're going on a separate adventure each week and we're kind of doing a uh, adventure of the week type of a feel, there is quite like a lot more to pull out of each episode, like thematically than I really imagined there would be yeah. in a show like this. And I'm just like, at first when we, you know, started watching the show, I, on the, you know, with the podcast, I was like, I, I don't know if we're going to do weekly episodes of this uh, just because I don't know how long I want to be. I don't know how long I want to be having to do the Bad Batch episodes. I don't know if there's going to be all that much to pull from them, but like we're about to start doing weekly episodes of of the Bad Batch review because I just feel like there's so much to glean from it. And I'm, dude, I'm just loving it. I'm loving it so much. Yeah. Just tuning in on a Friday, every Friday and just being like, what adventure are we going to do today? What what are we, what are we going for? And I just, uh, I have that same feeling with the Mandalorian. Although I, although in general, I think I just tune, I tune in quicker for the Mandalorian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is one of those shows like you could watch it just as, Oh, it's fun. Star Wars stuff. But I think like, if you want to put any like, thought into it and like examine what's happening, there's totally. a, there's a lot to glean from it. And uh, yeah. Um, so you want to tell us uh, real quick about your show and where we can find it uh, online? Yeah, you can. Uh, so it's called a certain point of view podcast. You can listen to it anywhere. You listen to podcast. 
And uh, we're on Twitter at certain underscore POV pod. We're on Instagram at certain point of view pod. And we have a Facebook group as well. Uh, it's just go, go and search a sort uh, sorry, go and search a certain point of view discussion group on Facebook and you'll find us there. It's just a positive uh, it's a positive Star Wars group, not not much different than the Outer Rim, except for <laughs> we're a lot smaller. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, you can uh, join us over in the Outer Rim, a Star Wars group on Facebook. Pretty much the same as he said, he was dedicated to positive, constructive Star Wars discussion, but we're better. Um, <laughs> also, uh, yeah, you, you can listen to the audio versions at my, my podcast, Franchise Fatigue. Um, and obviously... Like and like this video, subscribe to the channel, all that stuff. And uh, we will see you next week uh, with episode seven. See you then.